Okay, ready for the vibes, guys? <laughs> Welcome to the Happy Hour Podcast. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? This is the Happy Hour Podcast. This is episode seven. Good morning. Hello, Good hello. Morning. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? It's awesome to see you and hear your voice. Oh, same here. Happy holidays. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays and congrats yeah. on the podcast. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. Yeah. You know, quarantine, you know, got I guess the you know, the wheels in motion and you know, so here we are. So. <laughs> it's the, the you know, the quarantine has gotten the wheels in motion for a lot of things. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for better, for worse, and it's been fabulous to see you know, yeah. how things and people have been transformed. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I've done, you know, through quarantine, I mean, I did a lot of things I never thought I would do. And I, you know, really learned how to, you know, I, I bought right before quarantine started, I bought my laptop and I bought Ableton live and had no idea how to use it or anything. So I had to learn how to use everything first and then like do the podcast and everything. And I mean, I have a producer, you know, shout out to Steven, my producer, um, the other guy, but like he produces everything. So I don't really have to worry about the fine tuning of everything, yeah, yeah, but definitely. still just to like, you know, I did a couple test podcasts and like the first podcast when me and Luna recorded, we tried to do it over zoom and I didn't record it somehow. Oh no. You know, so stuff like that happens too. So so here we go. So thanks everybody and welcome to episode seven of the Flatiron Happy Hour podcast. Happy holidays to everyone. And I would like to introduce my guest today is my friend Carla Ballard. And Carla is the founder and the CEO of Ying, which is a peer-to-peer skill sharing platform, which we will talk about and I'll let her elaborate on a little bit later. And the other thing I wanted to talk about today was a little story about how myself and Carla met. So earlier in 2020, um, I applied and saw there was a program um, through Global Village. Um, It was Urban Villaging Cohort Project in the city of Philadelphia, taking a look at some of the socioeconomic, you know, uh, issues going on and bringing together a collection of leaders and peer group leaders and things in the city. And, you know, I applied, became part of that program, met Carla, and started to see, you know, her leadership, you know, in action, which mm-hmm. thank you, you know, you're an exemplar, exemplary leader. And mm-hmm. that was one of the other things I'd like to talk about today, too, because I think that's really important. And all the things we're going to talk about is, you know, your leadership and actually being leadership in action and actually making things happen and connecting <laughs> people. And, you know, I saw that actually in real life happen, you know, as I began to like learn about you. Mm-hmm. And, in that program, me and Carla had a meeting set up one night, and we were supposed to have a one-on-one meeting with the group leaders. And the meeting time came and went, and Carla wasn't there. And I said, man, I don't really know her that good. 
But I know one thing is like, that is not how she rolls. <laughs> I can, I'm like, there's no way, you know, I was like, I don't really know that much about her, but I know that she doesn't roll like that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, 20, 25 minutes go by. And then she emailed me and said, Hey, can we meet at seven 30? And then we get on the call at seven 30 and you were like really excited, but kind of like a little, you know, you were kind of like excited, (laughs) excited, nervous, apprehensive. It was like joy, but nervous, you know, it was kind of like you were in kind of like in between a lot of little weird spaces. And then you just began to share with me and kind of tell me, you know, the background of your family and kind of how important everything was to you and what had happened. And what had happened that night was Carla was asked to run on the run as the vice presidential candidate on the candidate with Brock Pierce for the 2020 presidential election. So that was a huge moment. And, you know, she shared that with me that night. I got to see it kind of exactly when it happened, like live. (laughs) Real time. In real time. So for me, I would just like to maybe start there and open the floor up to your, to you to kind of maybe just share like that, what that experience was like and sort of then, you know, that was then you went on the campaign trail shortly after that. And then you're now home for the holidays. So I really (laughs) haven't, you know, really haven't uh, saw or talked to you because I know you've been super busy (laughs) in that amount of time. So, you know, I guess I'll open the floor up to you. And again, thanks for taking some time here on a Sunday morning with me. I appreciate oh, thank you, Jeffrey. First of all, shout out to the podcast. I mean, the flat <laughs> iron come on. <laughs> I, I've already started to listen to a few episodes and I'm loving it. Yeah, um, so congratulations. This is incredible. And Thanks. so happy to be, um, you know, two Philly brothers and sisters coming together yeah. to talk, um, in the connect over something that, you know, really started in our city when we wrote the constitution 200, almost 250 years ago, but uh, not quite yet. We have six more years before we hit that big number. But to be back home after saying yes to something that I found was vital for our uh, continuation of creating some kind of discourse in our civic society is uh, pretty monumental to say the least, you know, and how it feels to be back in the city where this all started. Um, Fifth generation granddaughter, you know, of Aaron Burr, uh, the vice president of the United States. And for me to have been asked by Brock Pierce, who's a FinTech um, entrepreneur, now billionaire, uh, to say, hey, will you do something this critical and important? Because our country is so divided. We need to have fresh voices, voices that can come out and say, we deserve, you know, a better way uh, forward. Then for me to have said yes to that and to come back home and sort of be in this space is pretty, you know, enormous. So it was quite a moment. Um, I did it in real time. You saw it in real time. You saw my body language. You saw how overwhelming it was. I was just literally kicking off Vice President Biden's, you know, uh, run and uh, he and I had known each other through Mr. Gilliam Sr., uh, who started. I started. I was one of the founders of the Urban League, and so to have been a champion, you know, for somebody who now is president-elect is is a powerful moment. And at the same time, I did say yes, very committed to the fact that 
our country is divided. The next generation was so sick and tired of people, you know, just being so extreme to the right or left and not being able to sit down at the table to talk about policies that really mattered in real time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, policies like criminal justice reform, you know, policies like health inequities that we were seeing with COVID-19. So these were real conversations that wanted, uh, you know, real and needed and deserve real answers. So Brock and I said yes to running on the independent ticket uh, for that very reason, right? And so I don't regret one iota. You know, we spent a lot of time in the Great Plains uh, just because we needed to really decide where we wanted to make the most impact with the short period of time that we had. And a lot of the um, advances that he's been able to make in the blockchain come from a lot of, you know, the states that are much more open and flexible to new technologies. And that okay. was definitely Wyoming. So we spent a lot of time out there and in Colorado. And you're right, as soon as that yes was given to Brock, I went and, and began to yeah. get on, you know, right get on the away. travel scene. And um, a lot of people will have mixed emotions about that because of COVID. 19 and how real it is. Uh, one of the things that I took very seriously growing up in a home where my mom ran two hospitals. Uh, so, you know, she's a public health official. I said, we've got to make sure our immune systems are really where they need to be. So I started a very, very strict regimen of uh, 10 pills a day, you know, that covered the gamut from oregano oil to garlic, to turmeric, to D, to zinc, to you name it. So, it was a pretty intense period. We literally uh, first went out to California. Went out to California, got to work with Leonzo. Yeah, um, I saw Adam, yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that was great to bring and to uh, connect resources to our city, back to our city with creatives that were are mind blowing, as you know, because yeah, of the definitely. village family. And to be honest, to have people I was familiar with surrounding me and right. supporting me was a gift that yeah, trust and that trust that's already there, right? You don't have to spend the time to build the trust because you know that they already got your back. You can just get on fully, to the next thing, right? Fully, yeah. right? And it was just so weird because you're right. When we met, we were literally um, in the midst, Jeffrey, of doing something that had direct correlation with civic engagement, right? Absolutely, and it had yeah. everything to do with a lot of the issues we were facing. So it was almost like this training ground in a way. Right, exactly. It was really weird. Yeah, prep um, it was preparation to just, hey, let's just now we just gotta take it and, and scale it up to the bigger, the next bigger like step. Yeah, the next bigger thing. conversation with people yeah. and young people out there who really needed um that type of inspiration. So I ended up talking about villaging, like the program so much, yeah, it's eight yeah, week so, course, yeah. so much. And yeah. so much so that it got other individuals excited about what they could be doing during the lockdown, you know? Well, for me, I mean, someone who's been, you know, I think me and you talked about it in the beginning of the program, you know, I've been in Philadelphia for 17 years. There was so much I had no idea about just mm -hmm. getting my eyes opened of like the different pockets of, you know, I, I'm familiar that I know there's neighborhoods and different cultural things in neighborhoods, but just like the depth of it and the depth of the, I guess I really didn't understand the depth of the technical and the digital equity type of stuff and the resource type, you know what I mean? Like, I guess I really didn't in my mind, never really knew to the depths that that went. 
So that was like really eye-opening for me. And it was also really incredible for me to see just all of the different speakers and things that you ha- that you guys brought in, the connections, first of all, that someone within the in the circle had with that person to get right. Right. right? So that's always is like, you know, the important thing of the networking and the connection. But then also just that these people who are speaking are the people who are like in the trenches doing the work. Right. You know, people talk about like being active in a group or doing some type of, you know, social justice thing or or volunteering or something. Right. These people are like their entire life is like in that trench of doing that work. Right. And that was pretty incredible to see you know, for me. So those were the biggest eye-opening things for me from that Global Village experience. And then also too, like the amount of creativity just within that group. Right. Was just, it was <laughs> mind-blowing. Mind, mind-bending. And even still, like a lot of the people, you know, that I followed on Instagram and whatever from that, right. like just still seeing that like the creation that all those people are doing just never stops. Yeah. And I mean, you think about Carlos and we love Philly, you know, yeah, and the, he got the, bu- you know, you know he, got he, got the bus. The bu- he got the bus and then he's he on the, the next bus. thing. Yeah, man, it's crazy. I guess and, uh, we should explain the program. You know, I'll take the time real quick. Is yeah, that sure? Go ahead. Okay. So villaging is an eight week course that we set up specifically to go from surviving COVID-19 to thriving, you know, during this period and to create human to human connections that could aid also in the mental health of us being isolated and not connected with each other. And so part of what we did was to set up, um, you know, leaders within the city of Philadelphia that really could shed light on various topics like health inequity, uh, justice reform, which we talked about before, but real estate development, self-sufficiency, you know, global connections, making connections outside the city um, with other countries even. So we were able to have individuals, uh, 10, groups of 10, but I would say we were from five to seven, groups of five to seven um, that really got together to plan what the end of the program project would be. And then at the end of the program, um, all the cohorts essentially presented solutions specifically to issues that they really felt aligned with in uh, signing up for the program. And so to see the solutions uh, come out and actually now start to become manifested in a way where it's impacting hundreds of families or tens of families, whatever it might be, the amount of number, is just really rewarding, I think, on all levels, but most importantly, the friendships that we now have uh, across the city with people we might not have normally connected with, if not, frankly, for what just transpired. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation if it wasn't for that program. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so very thankful for that. And shout out to everybody in the, you know, the villaging fam. There's so (laughs) many people. I mean, there's so many people. (laughs) Jimmy White, you know, Carlos. Everybody, Carlos. Yeah, Yeah, everyone. Um, So, yeah, so, you know, so that was really your last four or five months really has been a whirlwind, you know, and kind of, you, you kind of gave a little bit of insight into, um, you know, running and everything like that. But let's talk a little bit more, you know, obviously you got selected to, you know, you were asked to run because of your leadership skills, obviously, you mm-hmm. know, as, as a big piece of that. So can you talk to maybe, you know, your kind of progression, I guess, into your leadership role now and maybe some mentors or maybe shine some light on some people who are important to you 
in your journey or some tips for somebody to kind of, if they want to step into that, you know, into being a leader sort of, you know, how they could approach it. Yeah. Maybe, I think Our, be important. Um, I think leadership comes in different forms. You know, sometimes there's the vocal leaders. Uh, sometimes they're the quiet leaders, right? So leaders, um, I think show up in different ways. And I want to encourage anybody that in listening ear of this, that you can be a leader in your own right, even within your family. You know, I chose and felt very inclined to exemplify my leadership, right, within civic, the civic world. That's something I'm real passionate about, as well as in fintech and in business. Um, so part of what, because of that choice, intentionally making that choice, and also learning that that was in my family's blood, you know, which went back in um, hundreds of years ago, I felt very inclined to then connect with mentors that were in those spaces, you know, and reached out to uh, one of the first people really that was my mentor was my mother. Uh, she, I saw her as a little girl get her master's at Columbia University, become a public health leader, specifically chose to create networks and associations uh, that were helping her career. So I literally started to take note of that. When I, when, she, when I was little, I'd watch her teach and I would literally sit on the floor and watch her engage and listen to other people and how she listened to other people. Wow. So that was truly my first, even if I should say it, professional leadership, just not put, you know, maternal leader, but just like that was my first uh, person that I, I started to watch. Then there were others like I would say Mr. Gilliam Sr. who actually came to me and asked to start the Metropolitan Wilmington Urban League, you know, for Delaware. And that was fascinating for me because he maneuvered um, in such a powerful way throughout the community where he had relationships both in some of our hardest hit vulnerable communities, low-income communities, and some of the highest level CEOs that existed within Delaware. And you know, Delaware is the number one place to incorporate. Yeah, if yeah. you knew Mr. Mr. You wanted to know, let's just put like this. You wanted to know Mr. Gilliam. If you were any corporate executive or any person in any political elected position, you needed to know Mr. G and that's how he went. So I happened to get introduced to him because again, a family friend. So remember, you have to tap into those family connections as well. I was sitting in a meeting as a senior um, officer, a senior banking, personal banking officer at MBNA America at the time. And he happened to come in. I was part of the management development program because he was visiting with Mr. Cawley, who was the CEO of, of MBNA. And he happened to um, look at me and he said, young lady, where are you from? And I said, Mr. I'm from Philadelphia. He was like, okay, do you happen to know Jocko Henderson? And I was like, oh my God, Jocko, Jocko, where have you been? <laughs> Around the corner and back again. Mm -hmm. All right, so everyone that's listening, you have to Google who Jocko Henderson is, but he's the granddaddy of rap. But he, is, he also was my father's best friend. 
Wow. And so it was crazy. And then they just got, he got so loud in the office. He was like, oh my God, I've adopted you. So I was instantly adopted by him. And he was able to give me such an incredible journey throughout uh, key leaders, you know, introduced me to key leaders sure, throughout sure. the state of Delaware. And then eventually I started a consulting firm. Um, and again, that network that I had with Mr. Gilliam helped me to really feel right. confident in doing that. And then he asked me to start the Urban League, uh, which is one of our nation's largest civil rights organizations. And we started the first uh, Urban League there in the state of Delaware. All that to say, what I think is interesting in terms of my desire to be uh, a leader within fintech and within the civic world really comes from a passion and interest I have, right? To see how we can shift culture in a very intentional way. So the other piece about leadership is being really passionate about where you want to lead, right? Um, I I just happen to be super excited about those two areas because I think they need to come together. You know, the c- correlation between currency and- Yeah, the, connect, the connection is the piece of- poverty. It's that's, where you're, that's where you're sitting, right in that spot of the connection piece. Right, of the connection, you know? And so, and that's why I would be connected with somebody like Brock ultimately, right? Right, For that connection to truly manifest uh, materialistically. So I think the other piece, um, when you think about somebody uh, like who asked me, right, to run as a vice president, being able, Brock Pierce represents somebody who would not maybe be someone normally an African-American or, you know, I'm also native indigenous blood running through me, right? Shawnee and Cherokee but a woman of color would not necessarily normally be hanging with. So I think also leadership has to do with reaching outside of your circle, you know, being able to network with people who you would not normally quote unquote, the world would say you'd be affiliated. Yeah, your, your path wouldn't cross in your normal right, your path life. Would cross. Yeah, yeah, right. So I think, you know, I took that move and chose to be a part of a group called summit series you know, um, Summit Series is a group out of Utah, Eden, Utah. Where's Carla going to show up in Eden, Utah, right? <laughs> People are shocked when I say that, but I was like, oh my God, that's my tribe. And I started specifically then leading in these interracial connections, right? So that's what I'm really also very excited about. If there was like trifecta of things, um, it would absolutely be uh, making sure people of all walks, all faiths, all political, whatever, come together. And I think that's a huge part of leadership is stretching your... Stretching the boundaries of what you normally would see as your limit or, you know, hey, this is where I'll stop. Or, you know, you still stay in that little comfortable space sometimes you get in there yeah. right, to, to just get out of it and get move ahead. You know, that's, inter- that's an interesting perspective of that, you know, because that's, you know, it's definitely... I don't know if it's not what I thought, but I, I guess I just, that wasn't the way I was thinking about it, you know? <laughs> right. So it's just really, it's really interesting. But to your point, I think, and this is a good segue into, you know, the currency and the connection for you. That I think is maybe a good beginning description of, you know, if you can talk a little bit about Ying, which sure. is, you know, your company, which is a company of skill sharing, you know, and, and building a platform and a community to share, and, um, you know, I think, can you talk about that a little bit for us and, and break that down for everyone to explain and what what you think maybe that looks like moving into the future and what you expect yeah. that to become, I think, is really important. 
Great. So 20 years ago, I was introduced to something called time banking, you know, which is um, essentially a way where people are uploading the skills that they'd like to offer and looking for skills that they need and they're able to connect, right? Uh, Dr. Edgar Kahn founded this movement over, I don't know, 30 years ago. He was actually, though, inspired by the indigenous community because in First Nations, there's a real understanding that you're all one, period. So there's no monetary, you know, capitalistic sort of framework, like you're worth more because you went to Harvard or, you know, that you, you spent X number of hours on the skill. Everybody had, it was, I call it indigenous economics. Everyone has, you know, value. So ultimately, when Dr. Edgar Kahn decided to create time banking, and he was inspired by this, uh, he ended up creating a movement that's now in 38 countries around the world. And it's growing, frankly, because of COVID-19. So when I saw it, I saw it as a nonprofit movement that was able to really kind of paint a different picture for what other value you could actually put out in the world, right? That was not just based on a capitalistic structure. Everybody's time was equal. So one time credit equal one hour, period. That's it. No, no rocket science. I thought that was fascinating 20 years ago. Three things happened in society that made me say, wow, maybe we could really modernize this and scale this concept. The first thing that happened is the sharing economy started to pop up as an industry, right? You had Uber, you had Airbnb, you had others, bike riding, bike sharing. You actually would take an asset that you had and then open it up to share with other people, right? And it's really the definition of it is excess capacity of goods and service. So second thing that happened in society is that you had Venmo, which was this peer-to-peer payment system, actually enter the traditional banking industry. You know, people were like, what? It was almost chopping the knees off of major traditional banks. Like you could actually get money from your friends. What are you saying right now, right? Digitally. So that was, uh, you know, the co-founder of Venmo is actually an investor in our company, Ikram Magdamishmael. And it was powerful to see his like, invention with his uh, co-founder come into uh, the space and guess where it started? Right here in Philly, right here in the city of Philadelphia. He went to University of Pennsylvania and launched ah, Okay. So the second, the third thing that happened was that this thing called Bitcoin, right? This cryptocurrency, this blockchain started to become for the first time an actual currency that was getting not as much attention as the fiat currency, but it was still literally this other currency entering our cultural zeitgeist in the conversation. And people were like, whoa, that's actually a currency I'm gonna now exchange or give credit to or value. So when those three things happened, um, I wanna say now 2014, 15 timeframe, I said, wait a minute, this is the time to launch, you know, something I've been nibbling on for a while, which is why can't the currency, the relationship currency that we exchange every day, me coming and showing up because, you know, we have a relationship, right? Because people are getting jobs because of that social capital, that relationship they have with certain people. I could go on and on. Why aren't we quantifying that? Why aren't we bringing that in the mix, right, of what we define as capital? 
Because right now we have a liquidity problem, which is lack of cash in many cases, especially right now with COVID-19. But we do have another form of capital that we've just not made it easy to unearth. And that's the relationship capital that we have. So in creating Ying, it was really to help expand the understanding in our mind of the resources we really truly have accessible. And so we made a utility, we made a tool. It's a peer-to-peer skill sharing platform that allows for me to upload the skills I'd like to offer to my ecosystem. Um, And then it also allows for me to have the ability to share it, share that account essentially, right? Um, With up to 10 people. And those 10 people can literally onboard. And now you have your own skill sharing group that you can skill share. So if I want to essentially create a task to get a ride somewhere, have five people move on a Saturday with me, whatever it might be, Uh, I can literally on demand, just like I call up an Uber, can request that task and they get it on their phone. Like so-and-so is asking me to help with the website on Saturday. Yeah, I could do it. Done. Okay. Okay. So it's that easy. It's that easy. And then we use, we track the time exchange just through time credits, right? All but then that becomes, that's the currency then. That's the currency. That's the currency. So to your point of someone could maybe not be, you know, out of work right now and not earning money, but they could still be keeping their tool sharp, you know, keeping their, you know, tools in their toolbox sharp by by doing, doing things, Skillshare, maybe learn something new or whatever. And yeah, no, it's a, it's an awesome idea. And I remember, like we we signed up for it on, during the program. You did a version of it. So yeah, what a version I did of it. was a web based skill match, right? Okay. So we have a software called Ying Me Skill Match, and that allowed for you to get matched via email with people who yeah. did your uh, skills, yeah. right? And yeah. so that what we're the whole idea is to enter into a new conversation, right? around the value that we all really do have and collectively you know? even more so yeah. right that even yeah it. totally yeah and what i so i believe our whole mission is is to drive currency for humankind um and to democratize abundance because i really do believe we're way more abundant than how we're living interesting yeah so what would be you know with with that as you know the goal so moving into 2021, oh, what, good. what is on deck, you know, maybe for your organization, for yourself, yeah. what are some things you have coming down the pike? Anything you want to talk about or share for coming up for 2021? Well, the first and foremost is we're now going to be bringing Ying into the banking industry. So awesome. I'm super excited. You're going to have access to both financial capital as well as time credits. Nice. You know? Nice. In relationship capital. So we're uh, going to be announcing something soon. I can't do it quite yet, but trust me, it's coming and I'm very excited about it because for the first time, I think you'll see a financial product, you know, what Venmo did to kind of get an understanding and cash app, frankly, too, that peers too can contribute with peers, right? right. To get um, access to resources. We're going to bring that to the forefront, you know, and society with our relationship capital. Um, And so that's one piece is really being able to manifest and show the FinTech industry and essentially our culture that we have the abilities to tap into resources. Now we can unearth them a lot easier. 
Second is, you know, I am really on fire for making sure that we understand the duopoly between the two-party system is not necessarily helping our society, right? And that it is important to have independents who have different viewpoints really rise up and, and have a platform to make it a lot easier for them to share their voice. To share their voice and be in the conversation. Be in the conversation, you know, offer some middle ground to what seems to be super toxic, right? Um, And I, uh, it's not being critical. It's just being, look, we're almost on the brink in many cases in, in a lot of our certain states in a civil war, right? We really are. People have no idea that there are training camps happening from your far right and your far left. And it's, it's really um, disconcerting. So, so 21 for me also looks like making sure that our um, independent national union, which is a new platform for uh, independent voices, no matter what you are, right, to come and be supported. So I'm looking forward to supporting that body of work. The other piece too, which is more on the personal side, is, uh, you know, I am really excited to get into this idea of what an indigenous masterclass could look like. You know, we have been so focused in living in uh, LA, right? I was really involved with Silicon Valley, Silicon Alley, tech, 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 AI, machine learning, you name it. There's something about getting back to the, the woods, right? And um, nature, and understanding the type of internal technical innovations that we have going on that we've not explored yet, right? So uh, part of my balance, right? Part of the yin and yang in me, (laughs) the very capitalistic, very, you know, like moving towards monetary functions and banking. Well, I'm excited to spend more time in the woods, you know? So I'll probably be traveling back and forth from Philly to Virginia, Philly to Virginia because I feel really called to getting back into nature in a way that offers learning, right? Yeah. That's quite the opposite of kind of learning I've been doing for the last 20 years in the tech yeah, space. No, yeah, no, that's pretty amazing because, um, and it's not out yet, but you'll hear it, but I recorded episode six yesterday with my friends, Daniel and Dagmar, and they live in the jungle in Costa Rica. And Daniel lived off the grid for like 12 years. and. Yeah. You know, his he he actually dropped a, some knowledge bombs yesterday. I can't wait when you hear it, you're gonna get the chills because you just said the same exact thing wow. about just being in the woods and nature and nature being his guide and just getting your hands dirty and actually doing something and creating something with your hands yep. and not being on your phone and not being on technology. And it just it, it it's like scary, exactly like the same thing that you just said. And that was when I asked him about 2021. That was really what he wow. said. Wow. Spend time in the jungle and, uh, you know, just let let it be his guide. So it's amazing that that's pretty. There's something uh, with it then, Jeffrey. And I think you might great. be getting a message and hopefully the audience is <laughs> yeah. too. Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> tremendous. So, yeah, it's, it's great that you'll hear these in a row. So, yeah, Daniel, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> right? Yeah. I think it's it's so significant because there is a message going out. Um, there's a a streaming conscious network I like to look at, Gaia, 
uh, G-A-I-A. And it's like Netflix for higher consciousness, right? Okay. And I'm loving um, the little mini episodes that they've started to put out on um, the fact that we, you know, have different things biologically in us that we would not, you know, yes, we have tissue. Yes, we have blood. But no one would realize that we have crystals in our brain, literal crystals in our brain, and how all of that is in direct connection with the other crystals on the earth that are showing up in different, you know, different animals, different uh, plants, whatever. We would not know these things unless we did really take the time to get kind of reconnected with um, the earth in that way. And so that's where I feel like my next body of study will come, but it also, it it informs, by the way, the co-founder visa, good example. He said, Carla, guess what inspired visa? (laughs) Cause we were having a similar conversation. He said, and his name is Mr. Dehock. He said, what inspired visa for me was spending time in the woods. And he said, I love Thoreau. And that's where I think we can learn about how our entire systems could be made more efficient by spending more time where it all started. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that I feel like I'm always getting like the mic drop moments where I'm like, I feel like I got to stop there because I don't know how much more further we can go. <laughs> but no, um, I, I guess just in closing, maybe just, um, you know, you talked a little bit about your mentors and some of the things to do, but what what I instead of you know leadership development, but more you know again your civic engagement and community action has been has been you know years and years and years in the making. What maybe could you give somebody a few points who wants to maybe take a step and get more involved in their community? Where's a good place to start where they can actually you know because there's lots of choices, right? Where, in your opinion, based with all your experience, where can somebody be the most impactful if they wanted to start? to get involved in their community somehow? What, what, where would you say would be a good place for them to start? Well, interestingly enough, and sometimes pretty, um, pretty in your face, but we never go to these sites. <laughs> Just basically the city site, right? Whatever local county you're in, you know, state, as well as your local city, please go to that website. I think that's the number one place to start. Know who your elected officials are <laughs> right from the jump. Know who they are know the major industries within your community, right? When you're doing that research, you're going to start to feel into what you're most interested in, right? Because when you go to that city site, you're going to see health, you're going to see, you know, outlets for education, for housing, for some of the most core basic areas that our society is made of. So I would always say, go to your site, you know, also then go to your local newspapers, website. I know we can't go out now maybe as often, but these are things that are accessible to you online. You and I talk a lot about within your group, 311, Mm -hmm. you know, 311 and 211, 211 United Way, you know, being able to hit United Way's website. That's they have resources and they have so many resources, right? So I think being able to do that type of research, second is definitely being able at that point to reach out to organizational leaders and do a five minute informational quick interview. 
and ask them if they need help. And everybody always needs help, right? If you pick, if you decide what you want to do and you call a leader and say, hey, I'd like the help, I guarantee 99% of the time you're never going to get it now. Especially now. Everybody needs help, I feel like. Every, every organization needs help. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, well, Carla, I think um, I really, uh, really have a lot of gratitude for the conversation today. I think you gave us really some good information. It was amazing to hear about your story and your journey. I know that it continues. So uh, Philly is proud of you. And uh, yeah, thank you for everything. And shout out to the Global Village fam and Leandro and all the other leaders. And, uh, you know, uh, everybody, happy holidays for 2021. Happy New Year. And, uh, you know, Carla, thank you so much. Um, yeah, and uh, probably in a couple, you know, about 10, 10 days, 10 to 14 days, this will release. I'll let you know. I'll share it out with everybody. And, uh, you know, hopefully everybody can listen and get something out of it. But thanks a lot. Oh, thank you, Jeffrey. And thank you for, you know, going ahead and saying yes to this vision and dream. And that's what leadership's all about. Yeah, well, thank you. And uh, I look forward to uh, seeing you again. And then maybe now we can do a... Uh, Maybe next December we'll do a 2021 year review and we'll see. I love that. Let's do it. Yeah, so we'll we'll make sure we get that on the calendar. So uh, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday and uh, happy holidays. Hopefully all you and your family are well and safe. So thank you very much. uh, I'll I'll reach out when I get it back from production. I'll send it over to you and then we'll talk. And in the meantime, just shoot me that email with the stuff. Okay, you got it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. All right. Thanks, Jeffrey. Bye. Have a good day. See you. Check one, two. Happy New Year, everyone. Episode seven in the books. Jeff, Carla, great show. I really enjoyed listening to your story, Carla. That's awesome. And I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for music for this episode. And with the holidays being crazy and creating a new song, for some reason, Jeff and I were talking about 70s funk music around the time when uh, we, were, we were speaking about you. And I decided to, uh, to do a, a little 70s funk mix. I went on this crazy rabbit hole, downloaded a ton of tracks. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix a little set for you. And when I say mix, I mean banging them in. So I even have a little intro of, a, of an old TV show to start it off right. So Happy New Year once again. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thanks for being a part of the family. And wish me luck. Hopefully I won't train wreck on, live on the air. Peace. Uh, Freddie Stubbs. That's him. That's me. Please, gentlemen, I'll do the talking. That's him. That's a him? <laughs> Come on. Gentlemen, meet Freddie Stubbs. Hey, hey Freddie. How you doing, man? Uh, uh, I'm his agent, Roger Everett, Gerald Thomas. All right. All right. <laughs> Freddie, where's your music? Uh, 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 what music are you referring to exactly? The music he's gonna dance to. Oh, that music. Where is it? (laughs) Where is it? Uh, you want it now? Right now.
check one two. Episode 7, that's a wrap.